Blog Talk Radio. If it wasn't for um, 
Draymond getting suspended for game five, that just would have been a wrap, and, and we would be looking at like a current like four peak uh, this uh, this season. So, uh, you know, but anyway, what happened? It happened, and uh, you know, but still, well, I said all that to say this: Golden State won two titles before, like, well, actually, one title before KD arrived. Should have won a second one when they threw when they blew the three one series lead. And they shouldn't you shouldn't be shocked to see them ball out 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 of control. You know, those last two games or the game and a half against Houston in like in, in last ever game five and or game six when they just when they just turned Houston inside and out and they blew out the Portland Trailblazers in game one last night. So basically the point is is that Golden State is still that team and they don't necessarily need uh um um, KD to win, but it's a big luxury. They're, they're not they're better with KD, but they're not bad without him. So I think Dwayne is going to agree with me on that. So uh, yeah, so I got um, Golden State beating Portland in six because again, okay. I think even the KD doesn't play all series. I think I mean people tend to tend to forget him. It's just earlier that. Golden State was a 73-win team without him the year before mm-hmm. he joined them. And they won a championship the year before that. I mean, hell, they should have won back-to-back championships if it wasn't for Tremont going Brandon getting still suspended for game five when they blew that 3-1 yeah. series lead against Cleveland. So yeah, we have a difference yeah. of opinion so, on that, but yeah. Uh-oh. Let's hear it. Let's hear it real quick. God, man, I forget what my theory on that NBA Finals was but it was more than just uh, yes. Draymond because remember Draymond came back for Game Six, so there was the, right. the last two games of that series, which he was there, but yet and still Golden State still couldn't stop Cleveland. So it was more than just the the Draymond um, uh, uh, suspension, but that's easy to point to. Uh, 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 uh-huh. These days, I'm gonna remember what my my theory is on on, on Golden State. In that seventy-three uh, win team losing that finals, but yeah, it was more than just Draymond, in my opinion. Well, I mean, to, to, that's 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 fair. I just think that, I mean, sure, sure, Draymond came up against this, but I think the momentum. I think momentum means a lot in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. In all sports, especially in basketball, that they, oh, yeah. um, you know, that I mean, Cleveland after winning Game Five convincingly and Golden State, they want to roll. They found mm-hmm. a mojo, so you know how it goes, man. I mean, once you get that momentum and you feel and you start rolling, it's hard to be stopped. And even and even Game Seven, when oddly enough, if Golden State were to pull that out, Draymond would have been the would have been the Finals MVP. Yes, he, he scored thirty some yes, points, and I think oh, he, he damn near he had a triple double. I think he, he was the man. Everybody else seven. went cold except. I mean, Steph went cold. I don't know if mm-hmm. Clay did a whole, whole hell of a lot, but it was all about – it was the Draymond show. It was the Draymond show. Matter of fact, if I remember correctly, Steph didn't score – didn't average more than 24 that entire series. So that was, right. that was during that time where everybody was still questioning because Steph had great regular seasons, but he he would not show up the way he did in the regular season uh, in, in the NBA Finals. But God, I, I, like I said, I had theories of, around that entire thing. I had like five main reasons why 
Draymond being Damn. suspended for that game wasn't the lone reason why that they lost. But still, all they yeah. needed to do was give me one game, dude. Just give me one. They right. couldn't even give me one. And you lose three straight. You know, of course, the infamous, yep. they were up three. Uh, Golden State lost a 3-1 lead. So, yeah, dude, just give me one. Just give me one. But <laughs> to, to your point about the 2000, let's, let's talk about the, the Golden State Warriors of now. To your point about the right. Golden State Warriors of 2019, I just had this conversation <laughs> with my sister just last night. Golden mm-hmm. State, you know, it, it's not to say that they're necessarily better with or without uh, uh, KD. It's just that you have to defend them differently with and without. Right. You know, you, you, with KD, you. you have a seven-footer that has the ability to stretch the floor. Without KD, you lose that element, and now you just got two shooters when they're hot, just shooting from wherever and wherever um, that you have to deal with. So it, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily better or worse. In my personal opinion, mm-hmm. it's just a different way. Well, it's just a different monster that you have to defend. Right. And the thing is, though, the ball, I think, moves more freely when KD's not there. That's not KD's fault. I mean, he yeah. is that, uh, Skip Bayless and uh, Shane Shaw like to call it a seven foot monster who can hit yeah. anywhere, get us on the shelf anywhere. But the thing is, what, what, go, what, what the reason why, ironically enough, that KD went there in the first place is because the ball moves. The ball mm-hmm. movement is so. Free flowing. I mean, when, yeah. when Golden State's at their best with the ball, it's free just flowing through the offense. And, oh, you yeah. know, everybody's available for a shot and everything else. So it's 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 a thing of beauty to watch. It's like what like what, what Brazilians call the play the beautiful game, soccer when they're uh, the soccer yes. uh, team. It's like mm-hmm. that with Golden State and basketball. I mean, it's just so beautiful to watch. Um, but, I mean, again, not to say that they could do without KD. I mean, I think KD's more of a luxury yes. than like a, a need. You know what I'm saying? I mean, with KD, Golden State is pretty much unbeatable in any series, mm-hmm. any seven-game series. Uh, but it's, it's not like – it's not in the world if Golden State doesn't have KD. So, all that being said, I assume you have Golden State over Portland, but, but in how many games? I do. I have them in six. Um, the, the thing okay. that concerned me about game one, and, right. and I shouldn't necessarily be, be concerned about game one, um, even though if memory serves me correctly, the winner of game one in these playoffs so far have won the mm-hmm. series with the exception of, of course, the Boston-Milwaukee uh, series. Um, right. No, and I think also the – I think didn't Philadelphia beat Toronto in game one, if I'm uh, – I don't – Think they did? No, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Okay, so they did. Uh, oh yeah. But you so think about the series. You think about Orlando. You think about Orlando. 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 That's right. Toronto Orlando game won one. game one. Yeah. There were several game ones yeah. that were won by lower seeds in the first round that they ended up right. losing. Uh, well, so yeah. So forget that theory. That theory goes out the window. <laughs> game one. Don't. Right. So we still uh-huh. stick on the. Still stick to the whole concept of game ones. You don't necessarily need to hold on to those. But the thing that concerns me is if somebody, God, this, this, is, this is easy when I say it like this. If Portland, especially their big three, that's a, well, the big two, and Dame and CJ, if they don't play like they've been playing throughout the entire playoffs, it's going to be problematic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was an issue right. for them 
was their shooting percentage, they came out uh, shooting well under 35% for the both of them when they've been shooting at least mm. in the low to mid-40s throughout the entire playoffs. So that's mm. something that they're going to have to improve on. If they can't seem to do it in game two, and that's one of the things that people tend to forget. You know, you can say maybe it's, it's you know, the big lights of the Western Conference Finals for Dame and for CJ being the first time that they've ever played in it. But people tend to forget mm-hmm. how good Golden State's defense is and has yeah. been. You know, because we're so mesmerized by how that offense flows that we always tend to forget how much they hustle and how well they play defensively. So if that's something that, that Portland can't seem to figure out, especially in game two, I'm going to go six with you because I still believe that, that Portland may be, may be able to steal one in Golden State later if they don't win two in Portland. So um, – right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I, I just hope that this series gets a little bit more interesting, and that Portland gives us what they've been giving us all throughout the playoffs so far, which is great basketball. I, I don't, I don't want this to be a situation, man, where it's a sweep or even a gentleman's sweep, man. I, I want to see right this young team be competitive. I don't think it'd be a gentleman's sweep. I don't. I, I think, I think Portland has a heart. To make this competitive, mm-hmm. I, I mean they're not a better team than Golden State. Don't, don't like, don't get me wrong. I just think that Portland plays with more heart. They've gotten over that hump, you know, the yeah. first round hump. I mean, Damian Lillard is playing out his mind as is CJ McCollum. Which the coolest thing about that is, we mentioned this a while while back. They both are from small schools, you know. Yes. Uh, Lillard is from uh, Weber State. McCollum is from Lehigh. I think it's the same Lehigh team that beat Duke in the first round a few years ago. And I think it's the big tournament, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So he was balling out of control in that game, too. That really helped the stock. But here's the main reason why I need this series to go along. Just so I could see Stefan and Seth's mom. We, Lord have mercy. Oh, Lord have Man, she's a 50 something year old, you know. Yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a young 50. She's. Dale, she was well, she's within range. Dale, don't mess up, Dale. Don't mess yeah, up. Dale. I know. I'm just saying. Well, I, I, I watched the red well, table conversation. I, I understand that the relationship is going through different stages now. The stage three, Dale, don't right. mess up. She talking about she don't know who you are in stage three. <laughs> oh, I'm right man. here with my oh, hand. Man. Look, nice. <laughs> my hand. <laughs> man, I am a few million dollars short to even think about something to that man with her. But the, 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 the point is, is that yeah, I need a series to go along just to see her in action. But anyway, uh, Warriors and Six it, it is. And speaking of uh, the other series, I think this series Toronto and um, and Milwaukee, I think it's going to be the best series in the playoffs. Both, Ooh. I think. Oh, damn near evenly matched because each team has one uber superstar, right? Mm-hmm. You know, of course, Raptors will have to call himself Kawhi Leonard, and uh, and 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 and, and of course Milwaukee with the Greek freak himself, Giannis. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, but anyway, uh, you know they both I'll have good pitches. They both have. Again, I not learned my these days, but the, the both <laughs> the both teams are well coached. Both 
teams are relatively deep on the benches, and uh, even mm-hmm. though Toronto's bench didn't show up at times in the Philly series, but yeah. that's on the here or there. But, you know, they're playing right now, so Toronto holds a 6.9, 5-point lead in the middle of the second quarter. Um, this is going to go seven. And I have Milwaukee winning in seven. I mean, it's it's like a damn near coin flip. I mean, I think Milwaukee's kind of green. It's very green, actually. Toronto's yeah. been there, done that. Uh, Toronto's proven not to be the baby dinosaurs anymore. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, the thing is, is that I, I think Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee's just a little bit better. I mean, but again, I could be wrong, but – and more than likely, I wouldn't shock me if Toronto takes this thing home six or seven. Well, actually seven. I got Milwaukee for now, winning seven. What say you? And you know what? I completely agree with you. Um, if you look at it on paper, of course Toronto isn't as green as Milwaukee is. I mean, not just because right. of the color of, of the teams, but the youth as well. Um, and then if you look at them, it's mainly the implants. For um, for Toronto, if you like to say, you know, Toronto got a booty job, so now everybody looking at their booty, you see how attractive they are, and everybody like to have them around. Uh-huh. And, and that booty being yeah. Kawhi Leonard, uh, 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 Mark Gasol, um, and then of course, yeah, who I, can, I think will probably yeah, end up being, yes, that's what I was just about to get to, who I think will be the most improved player in the league this year in Siakam. Yeah. So, yeah, those guys have not been what we've usually seen out of Toronto for the past five years. Um, uh-huh. Oddly enough, well, even, even though Serge Ibaka, even though this is Serge's second season there, um, right. What, but one of the things that, no that surprised me, well, yeah, that too. So, so, you know, they have a lot of guys on that team that have a lot of experience, a lot of playoff experience, and for some, some championship experience, um, or, or at least experience playing in the NBA Finals. And Ibaka and, and Kawhi, but um, Kyle Lowry in the fourth quarter, even though he didn't necessarily score a lot of points, his ability mm-hmm. to get offensive rebounding in that game yeah. is what stood out to me. Um, even though I, I, I'm still going to say they cannot lean on Kawhi like that ever again throughout the rest of the playoffs, where everyone just sits around and passes the ball to Kawhi, hoping he makes buckets because it's going to come up yeah. to bite them. Even though it worked for them that one time against Philadelphia, it it, it may work once against Milwaukee. They should, should have lost to Philadelphia. It, that should have cost them that series. I mean, they, it really yeah, should have. They didn't show up it so. really should have. But, yeah, it yeah. really won't work in the NBA Finals. So they're going to have to continue right. to get steady play out of the rest of their players, especially their bench, especially their bench. If they're going to be able, if they're going to, if they're going to be able to beat Milwaukee, but yeah, like you, just that the outside shooting that Milwaukee has, that's led by by Chris Middleton, and then of course, mm-hmm. my MVP vote goes to uh, Giannis, and I think that with that talent that they have, man, they're going to go ahead and end up making a run to the NBA Finals and, and winning in seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching the game right now. It's entertaining in the sense that Toronto, more than Kawhi showed up, Siakam showed up. Siakam had okay. a nasty dunk over, um, over 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 Lopez. It was a thing. Mm. Um, 
But, you know, Lowry's, believe it or not, showing up in the few okay. big shots. Gasol showing up in the few threes. So okay. if, if Toronto keeps this going, again, it wouldn't shut me if Toronto won this thing in seven. Not at all. But not I at all. said this that they're that even. But I just think that Milwaukee, something about them this season, I think that they do. I think that lots of experience notwithstanding, I, I think I think they're on a mission. Milwaukee's on a yeah. mission. We fix on a mission, so it should be, and in a way, it should be entertaining series. I'm really looking forward to these conference finals. I'm glad to be watching them tonight. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. of the NBA, last night's draft lottery. Can we just <laughs> all agree that this shit is rigged? Can, can we all agree on that? Because come on, Nick fan, that, everybody, yeah, you really look, sound like a Nick fan now. Everybody knows that Anthony Davis wants the hell out of New Orleans. Everybody knows yeah. that. So, you know what the price is? Okay. We'll give you asses, even though you only have a 6% chance of getting the top spot in the lottery. We're going to give mm-hmm. you Zion as long as you trade away Eddie Davis to a major market. That's all it is. <laughs> and also, and, 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 let's give the Lakers the fourth spot, even though they had a Damn near less than five percent chance of getting in the top five, and you yeah. even have the fourth pick, so they can have better assets to trade for one Anthony Davis should you decide to go in that direction. Yeah, it's all symmetry, yeah. man. It's all symmetry. these con- these conspiracy theories have been wonderful over the past <laughs> day. It's just, it's literally been like just a little over twenty four hours since the lottery. And all the conspiracy theories that have gone on so far have been wonderful. The, my favorite, though, my favorite involves mm-hmm. the Pelicans moving. That's my favorite one. Moving. Where, yes, where they go ahead, they draft – well, the, the way that it started was, or, or the, the, the way that I heard it from, Actually, this is coming from a Pelicans fan that I heard. Um, okay. That the Pelicans look to go ahead and and and, and trade assets and or well, trade the number one pick to gain other assets, build up the team with some other youth, and then end up moving because no one's coming to games. Little does he realize, no one's coming to games now, and that's been an issue with right. uh, the, the Pelicans over the past couple of seasons. Technically, since um. Well, yeah, not Katrina. It's been long after Katrina, but um, you know, mm, well, yeah. just over the past couple of years, no one's been coming out to these games. And there is a city, an emerald city, if you will, in the Pacific Seattle. West that is crying yep. for a team right now. And there is a huge possibility that, yes, New Orleans may move to Seattle. Now, this is, this is, this is part of the conspiracy theory of them moving. And this, I have, if they move, I have them move to Seattle. This almost ends up being like how Seattle lost the Supersonics where they ended up drafting one Kevin Durant, had him for a year or two, right. and then they ended up moving to Oklahoma City. Probably the same thing happens in this situation. They end up drafting Zion, end up in the city for another two years. If, if there's another two, maybe three years, if the NBA deems that the, that the city of New Orleans is no longer um, sufficient enough, to sustain an NBA team, 
then they probably end up moving that team to Seattle and taking over because the arena already exists. The thing was right. that that the um, the NBA wanted from the city of Seattle was for them to go ahead and build an arena that is capable of sustaining both an NHL and an NBA team, and they've already done right. that. So yep. it looks like with that arena already being in place, all they need now is a team. Now we have a team who's been struggling, and according to some of the local sports reporters here who have been to New Orleans several times this past uh, year, this past calendar year, they said if you go to New Orleans, all you hear about is the Saints and LSU. You forget that there's and a NBA team down there. Yeah, and, and Mardi Gras. Yeah. And it's bad. It was <laughs> chicken. So it's bad you that they, you, you forget about an NBA team when it's one of the hottest sports going on in the nation. So, yeah, sooner or later, man, the commission's probably going to see this. The owners are going to see this. They're going to want to have an organization that's going to be willing to generate money. And Seattle's crying out for it. And they'll have a superstar to go ahead and travel with them. And so it is, that's a huge possibility for that happening. But, yeah, the, the biggest question is whether or not Anthony Davis stays in New Orleans. And that can go either way. Either he doesn't like to stay in New Orleans. That, that's what I'm thinking, too. I'm thinking it's not that. the fact of their inability as of right now to attract players to, to come to sure. New Orleans. Because if you can attract players to come to Cleveland, sorry, Cleveland, you can attract players to come to New Orleans. That's my thought process. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, no, if, if he just wants out now. of the city, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, if he just wants out of New Orleans, then, of course, AD is going to leave. They're going to go ahead and get assets, go ahead and attempt to rebuild this team from the, from the ground up, potentially around Zion, and then just end up moving the franchise to Seattle. Mm. Well, it just goes back to way in the way back machine with George Shedd. Former owner mm-hmm. of the Charlotte Hornets, this dumbass, decided to move the team to New Orleans where mm-hmm. he didn't do any homework. He didn't, he didn't do any homework as to why New Orleans went like them in four decades without an NBA squad in the first place after losing the Jazz to Utah mm-hmm. of all places. Um, Utah. You know it's bad when the team leaves a, a school city like New Orleans to go to a, a beautiful but yet – Ass city and you in Salt Lake City. I don't. I don't get it. But anyway, I don't get it either. Here nor there. But the point. But, yeah. but, yeah, but the point is, is that it was hard for um, New Orleans to just stay in another team along with the Saints. It's a Saints mm-hmm. town. It's a straight up Saints town. Yeah. I mean, that's this. It's just this. Um, so, I mean, it just is. I mean, from being in New Orleans twice. It's a Saints town. <laughs> no matter how bad or good the Saints are, it's, they love their Saints, and that's really about it. Um, and, the, <laughs> and Hurricanes. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look. I mean, the funny thing about Seattle is that really looks like a piece of shit on the outside. I mean, I shouldn't say mm. that, but, I mean, it's just small. It is, I mean, I'm talking about Key Arena. You know, it oh, looks okay. so small on the outside. But you know, I don't. I never. I haven't seen the new new crib yet, so uh, I have to. I have to look. I have to look that up myself after the podcast. But it's just weird. But I'll say this: I wrote a blog today, post today, like ranting. Well, not ranting, but giving hope for us Knicks fans, for Knicks fans like me that hey, 
I think R.J. Barrett's a better fit for what for what for like for the pro game. He could get his own shot. Yeah, he's selfish, but he gets his own shot. He's very athletic, um, and his his game will better match up with superstars, in my opinion. You know, I, I could see him doing well alongside um, KD and Kyrie. Should have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, <laughs> I just look at I look at Zion and, and think this man. Dude is six foot six. He's only two inches taller than me. Okay. Yeah. And he weighs two hundred and seventy five pounds. Uh-huh. At only he's he's not even a nineteen year old kid yet. He's an eighteen year old seven two hundred and seventy five pounds. That's a defensive yes. lineman size. Yes, he's yes. cut. I get it. And he's he's in he he's in phenomenal shape. I get it. He he's so explosive, huge vertical. It's very fast for man inside. I get it. But last I checked, people gain weight as they get older, especially yeah. when they're not careful with their diet. I'm just afraid mm-hmm. for him and his knees because he's six. As am I. I say he's only six six, but he's a big. He's, I know he's a big man, but he's not like seven feet tall to, to distribute that weight. I mean, Carl Malone. Was six nine in that at that, that and that is his height. I think his, his the greatest play when he played was two sixty. He was cut. Yeah. You remember how cut that dude was? I mean, oh, yeah. so I'm just afraid for this young man's knees. I, I hope Zion does well. I really do. I like the kid a lot. He seems like a good kid on and off the floor. Says the right things. Very humble. It mm-hmm. helps that both parents are athletes. We're athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like. This is anything new to him, but I just I, I just wonder about his long term health, and I think that's what you know, I, and I, and I think that's why I, I prefer RJ Barrett. Hell, I take Dab a lot. He's a he's, he's he's a baller, but he's more like he's going to go to Memphis with number two pick. But the point is, I don't know if people think uh, like a couple of buddies of mine on Twitter think I'm spewing sour grapes. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm denial. Maybe I'm not. But I just think I did, I I have a better feeling for R.J. Barrett's long term than Zion. Keep in mind that R.J. Barrett was considered the top high school player in the nation. Mm-hmm. Even 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 during the process of Zion's Zion's uh, recruiting process, uh, I should yeah. say recruiting process. So, um, but anyway, that's, I will that's, say that's, this though. I, I, go ahead. I I I I know that that you're feeling low and you're. You got your head in your hands, but I, you know, one of my boys from T man, you know, from um from Mount Vernon, had this post earlier today on Facebook, um, and it made a great point. You know, he, he's kind of you know sheepishly playing around saying, you know, I don't watch a lot of basketball, but are these guys good? And there was a list of the number three draft picks, like dating back to Grant Hill. And if you look mm-hmm. at the, the, the last 10 uh, third overall picks versus the last 10 number one overall picks, yeah. it's almost a split on which one was better. You know, you had Luka, you had Tatum, Jalen Brown, Jaleel Okafor, uh, Joel Embiid, Otto Porter, Bradley Beal, um, Ernest Cantor, and James Harden taking at the number three spot versus guys like uh, DeAndre Ayton, Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, Anthony Wiggins, Anthony uh, Bennett, 
Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Anthony Davis, Kyrie, John Wall, and Blake Griffin. You ask me, that's almost mm. a split, especially with DeAndre, Markel, Wiggins, and Bennett. And and you could almost teeter on Ben Simmons on that one too. So you got five mm-hmm. guys at the number one overall spot within the last ten years that you're kind of scratching your head at. Maybe, maybe not. And I mean, of course, you still got Blake Griffin, John Wall, Ky- Kyrie, and AD in that situation along with Carl Anthony Towns. But the num- the number three picks are not shabby either. You got a ton of all stars there too. So. Nick fans, don't hold your head too low, bro. All y'all, this is, as you know, my bro. Just saying. Yeah. R.J. Barrett <sighs> might actually pan out. Well, let's, than what you think. well, where did the Lakers go from here? I mean, the Lakers got the number four pick. They arguably have better assets, but um, but what? But 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 where do you see them landing? Um, do, do you see them landing? Um, 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 and and. Anthony Davis, I mean, is this just a ruse that, you know, Anthony Davis can go somewhere else and the Lakers fans will be crying in their beers once again? <laughs> That's a very interesting question. The thing is, though, in order for the Lakers to make a resurgence, they're going to have to, in my opinion, they're going to have to get Anthony Davis and also hold on to LeBron James. That's the only way that that's going to work. If if they can't do both, huh? <sighs> Get ready, Laker fans. It's about to be pricks to the pauper all over again, man. We got to sit there and watch some more bad basketball for at least another season or two. And then you're going to have to get rid of uh, LeBron because holding on to all that money just to do absolutely nothing is going to end up stinking. Take it from me as a Wizards fan that has to sit back here and look at John Wall's contract, especially as he has to sit out for an entire at least half season, if not another full season because of a slip and fall at the house. And I'm doing air quotes with that because we all have heard mm-hmm. about John Wall's ability to hang out late at night, but I digress. But, yeah, the Lakers, mm-hmm. they, they could use that fourth overall pick and some of the, the, the young talent that they have, even though it's still unproven, and send that to, um, to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. It's just whether or not um, the New Orleans will be willing to bite on this. Because, of course, sooner or later, they're going to have to end up doing something uh, in, right. in terms of getting some sort of compensation back for AD. Because the last thing you want is for this dude just to leave out. So the clock is ticking for, for, for New Orleans. And, right. I mean, yes, they have a number one overall pick. It'll be interesting if they end up having the number one and the number four overall pick and whatever talent that um, the Lakers decides to give up. And that will be a, a great start for me, in my opinion, for this young team with a new head coach to see what they do. Um, but, uh, no, they don't have a new head coach. It's, it's just Alvin Gentry. It's the, the GM that's new. Um, but, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. And then uh, actually with free agency being um, – started a little bit early, too. I think free agency starts right before the draft does or around the time of the draft. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens around both of those dates on what the Lakers do and then, of course, what these huge key free agents do as well. Yeah, I see. I see. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what's happening with that. But let's move from the Lakers trying to acquire the Davis to the question, questionable coaching hire. Frank Vogel. Mm-hmm. Why the hell did they hire Frank Vogel? Well, first of all, look. They went from, okay, uh, Monty Williams entertaining him, lowballing yeah. him. Well, not lowballing him, mm-hmm. just, just taking him for granted, and he was just saying, following him to say, nah, I'm, I'm going to force team in Phoenix. Then mm-hmm. they lowballed Ty Lue. I mean, seriously lowballed him. Only three mm-hmm. years, 18 mil? Seriously? Oh, wow. Nah. And also, also they wouldn't allow, the Lakers brass wouldn't allow Lou to hire his own staff. What the hell does oh, wow. that make sense? And then, how does it make sense? So now yeah. they went from that to going way down the tone pole past Mike Woodson, Lionel Hollins, and Jason Kidd himself to mm-hmm. Frank Vogel. On the condition that they hire, that he hires uh, uh, um, Jason Kidd as his top assistant. So they know what's going to go on, right? LeBron respects. He's really cool with uh, with Jason Kidd, and I heard that he mm-hmm. respects Frank Vogel from the day his days of Miami going up against Vogel's teams in Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's going to be similar to what Ty Lue did, it, what, what LeBron and Ty Lue did to uh, uh, former coach in Cleveland that got that he ran out of time to get his name, but uh, Israeli guy. But at any rate, he goes to assistant. Gets the head coach fired, maybe year one or two, and it'll go from there. It's just a total clusterfuck, man. I mean, what are, the Lakers just a joke, man. I mean, having Linda Rambis as as your lieutenant, really? <laughs> just because she's girl, she's girlfriends with the owner Jenny Bus, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. because of Kurt Rambis and Kurt Rambis has a voice. It's just, it's just, it's just hilarious and crazy to me. And this comes from Knicks fan who grew up hating the Lakers. As is hey. my birthright to hate the Lakers and the Celtics. But you know, still, it's just it's just amusing to me. I don't I mean, what in the hell were they thinking, man? Hey, it's it's amusing coming from uh, a fan of D C sports team and having to see the likes of the Wizards and the Redskins do the exact same thing in terms of hiring cronies, guys that they like, yes men. And, and people who are attached to the history of the organization. So, yeah, I've seen it. I know it all too well. And, yes, it's, it's still comical to me as well. So I don't know what they're doing. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I actually think that Frank Vogel could potentially be a good hire. You know, of course, he He's ran up against a great tactician, yes. Oh, yeah. You know, it just it was sad that he had to go up against LeBron D. Wade, Chris Bosh, and the Miami Heat, but he had some right. great teams out there in Indiana. So it's a possibility that with a better player in LeBron, and of course, if they can bring in better talent for him, that he can actually be, they can actually have a, a, a great team out in L.A. The thing is, though, I just find it weird that they hire vocal, but bring in Jason Kidd as an assistant instead of just hiring Jason Kidd straight out. It's a, that's a head scratcher right. for me. That is a real head scratcher yeah. for me. Why, Why not do that? just go ahead and hire Jason Kidd? Exactly. Totally. You know, yeah, exactly. 
when when you know that if if stuff goes wrong, that's exactly what the fan base and what people are going to expect. Then hmm, you have this replacement right there sitting on the bench right there next to him. Why don't you go in down the aisle and get him? That's why I'm, I'm, I'm I, I find it to be a head scratcher that they do that, man. But uh, we'll see what happens over the next two seasons. If it happens, it ha- well, I think it. Yeah, it's going to have to be before. It's going to be halfway through season two with Frank Vogel. If they have a bad season one with him, and that second season starting out bad, get ready because that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to end up firing him and bring and, and elevating Jason Kidd. But if not, and it starts to work, it'll be intriguing to see what happens. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's 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 just hilarious to me. And yeah, LeBron is pulling the strings. He can deny it all he wants. He made this like it all he wants. Point is, and you know what? And rightfully so. He's a star player. He should get a little bit of input, but it's <laughs> it just fun to me. As as long as they keep sucking, I'll be happy. And one last thing on the on the hiring, the new coaching hiring front. John mm-hmm. Mealing, going from Michigan, yeah. University of Michigan to Cleveland. 66-year-old coach. This is his first coaching gig in the NBA, period. Yeah. Um, he's a great teacher at Michigan. He was he encourages players. No nonsense guy, but he wasn't a you know, scream or profane dude. He just taught his players well. I mean, his teams, mm-hmm. sure, he was talented teams, but he, they, they overachieved a lot. They went to how many straight Final Fours? They went to how many uh, final games? They were always a bridesmaid, but they always – they always did above their pay grade, if that makes any sense. And yeah. now he gets a chance to do his thing in Cleveland. And typically, I frown upon coaching hires from the from college for the college ranks because one of the first things a head strong knucklehead NBA player would do is look at that college coach and says, "I'm not following this college bull bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm not following this." But we see that work. It took Brad Stevens a while, but I think they had to get rid of Rondo to make it work. And they did. Yeah. Last season, this past playoffs, an achievement notwithstanding, he's done a great job there. And, you know, there, there may be a couple others there as well. Uh, and also Rick Pitino, when he spent doing yeah. the Knicks, when he was hired there straight from um, Providence College, he did well mm-hmm. with the Knicks. So how do you think it's going to work out for John Beeler? You know what? I, I don't know. But he will have a very young team to work with, um, unless he decides yeah. to go to a different direction. The thing is, though, which is I think is a huge benefit for him, he finally gets an NBA check before he decides to hang it up altogether. You know, at the age of 66, he is in the twilight of right. his years, and he may be hanging up probably after this contract is done or whenever Cleveland is done with him, whichever comes first. But before mm-hmm. that happens, at least he gets NBA dough before he gets out of there. So that is a huge benefit. I just and I will be intru- I will be interested in seeing what this organization does um, from here on out and what they surround him with and how he approaches coaching the guys that he'll end up having. Yeah, yeah, it should be interesting. But I mean, good luck to him. I mean, I like him a lot. He's a good, he's a damn good coach. And, yeah, you know, he even though he's sixty-six years old. He got his first. This is his first coach game in the NBA. He worked his life for it, his whole coaching career mm-hmm. for it. To this point, his ultimate pinnacle being one of thirty-two. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. At least to your point, 
Cleveland has a very young team that would listen more likely would listen to him. And mm-hmm. uh, you know they have well did at the University of Michigan. And most of those, those kids on, on their squad are two or three years out tops of college, exactly. so they know about him. So you know it's mm-hmm. all good. So we'll, we'll see what happens. So we're gonna close the show out with this, man. And I heard that you have a Game of Thrones surprise you want to share. So the floor is yours, sir. Well, I'm not going to go too deep into it. I actually want to share it after you've given your top ten. But what I will say is this. Yep. I had a conversation with someone, and they believe they know who is going to take the throne. Mm. At the end of the series So what I'll do is I'll share that After you give your top ten Okay fair enough Well I got seven here But we should go quicker So I'll go gotcha. quickly, quickly Number seven This is post Episode five Power rankings Of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. Which I hated episode Actually I do not like This whole season But we'll talk about that Another time So anyway It's the top seven quickly From seven to number one so I can, you can get to your surprise. Number seven, Jamie Lannister. This is what I learned right quickly from my 46, soon to be 46 years on Earth, is that mm-hmm. pussy can make dudes do dumb things. Namely, Jamie leaving what could have been happening ever after with Brienne Tarth, but going to the, to the sister's side, a sister who has an incestuous relationship with, for those of you who do not know, only to be crushed under the red key. Well, that's what, what sex can do. Make smart men do very dumb things. Number six, yeah, John Stone. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> when was John Stone listening to his sister, which is really his first cousin, Sansa, and do something about the, about the narrative? How many times had, it be, had he had to be warned, he and Tyrion, which is later on in the Tower of had to be warned about old girl Daenerys? I think it's going to come up between Danny and between Daenerys rather and John. Maybe a few others on John's side because Daenerys has lost her damn mind on that minute. Number five, Cersei Lannister. She was number one last week when she beheaded uh, Daenerys' homegirl, Melisandre. Uh, I think it's Melissa Day. Uh, what, whatever. But it, anyway, the black chick. She, <laughs> she beheaded the black chick, which was Daenerys' homegirl. Now she's something number five because not only was her city burned to the ground, but her ass was crushed to red keep along with her brother Jamie. So I was hoping that Arya uh, would actually slit her throat or something real grueling would have happened to her more than death instead of being crushed. Some people say she may not have been crushed, but she survived the crush. Who knows? But I'm just mad that she didn't die the way well, we all want to die. Number four, speaking of uh, Arya, number four, Arya was on the ground in the city, witnessing the carnage that Daenerys had laid in the city, she, along with Sansa Stark, tried to warn Jon and eventually uh, uh, Tyrion about Daenerys. So Arya has a list that once Cersei was on, now I think Daenerys has topped that list. Number three, moving on to Tyrion Lannister. So I said earlier that he tried to convince Sansa, along with Jon, that Daenerys would not go ancient crazy like her daddy did. Remember her dad being the, the mad king. But we all saw that not only did, did, did Daenerys start to lose it, but she really lost it. After they sounded the 
surrender bells in King's Landing to say we give up after the soldiers drop swords against John's and, and the army of, of the uh, Ancelli led by Grey Worm himself. She still led the attack. She still burned innocent people to the ground. And it's going to be all hell. And I think Tyrion witnessed that. I think it's going to side with John's did to win the throne or someone else to take the Iron Throne away from us. We should be excited to see. Number two, Sansa Stark. She only had any time last last episode at all. But I know that she's working out there. I know she has something up her sleeve because remember, she spent a lot of time with Littlefinger. Littlefinger being the ultimate schemer. And I think she has a lot of that in her. And I think she's going to make some major noise in, in the next, in, 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 in the, in the uh, last episode of this series. Number one. I mentioned earlier Daenerys Targaryen. I put her on number one because she did take King's Landing. She did get back at Cersei. She did wreck shop. But she went at but she went crazy in, in the process, burning everybody, innocent children, mothers, whoever in sight. She's gonna to have to pay for it. I think she's descended to madness. I think everyone knows she's so she's she's descended to madness. So I'm just interested to see not only who takes who, who, who takes the Iron Throne from her, but who gets to do the deed of killing her. And as much as I was pulling for her all series long, for all eight seasons to this point, mm-hmm. I'm starting to hate this bitch now, just like I'm, I did this. <laughs> so that's my top. That's my top ranking. And look for uh. and look for uh, my my bad ladies. I don't mean I didn't mean to make this a big word. It's all about context. Remember, just <laughs> I love it. anyway. Look for Asha Greyjoy to have a final say in this. Remember, because her uncle Euron Greyjoy is dead, she still has the Iron Fleet to look for her to get to help them and get back at Daenerys as well. So, I saw that. I rushed, kind of rushed through it to have you give us your surprise, sir. So, lay it on us. Yes. So, let me start by saying this. I've said before, mm-hmm. I'll say it again. I have yet to watch an episode of this series. <laughs> You're missing so, out. I know my, my time will come where I'll start to watch. So forgive me mm-hmm. when I wrote this. I was Well, no, I was, let me not quote print, but forgive me yeah. if I mess up anything, right? Because, like I said before, right. I haven't watched. This is all the theory of the Uber driver that I rolled with on my way to work on yesterday. Shout out to the homie at Bob Cozy underscore. That's B-O-B-C-O-Z-Y underscore. He actually has his theory up on his Twitter account, and we discussed it. Well, he basically told me his theory, and I sat back there, and I shook my head and said, okay, all right. But I thought it would be interesting to you guys, being that you guys watch the show. Now. Right. His theory is that the ruler at the end of this entire series will be, oddly enough, your number seven on your power rankings, Gendry. Yep. That it will be him. And that, yeah. I don't know now, like you know, before, you're going to have to help me with this. But he'd be interested in okay. Now, has it been um, revealed yet that Sansa is his mom? The who now? I'm sorry. I think her name is uh, Sansa. Sansa Stark? I, I, she's your number nah. two, right? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. She's my number two. Sounds tall. That's 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 John Snow's first cousin. We thought was his sister. Yes, according to him, Gendra is Sansa's son. That's his theory. What? And that they will rule nah. together. That's his theory. That's his theory. I'm just giving you his theory. Now, once again, like I said okay. before, not necessarily knowing the story and not watching an episode, he made references to, you know, I, I think that they, they said something about Sansa having bastard children and that they were all blonde-haired kids. Am I correct? You're thinking about – you sure you're not thinking about Daenerys? Because Sansa, she's a star. She's about the same age as Gentry and John. I'm, okay. I'm thinking you may be thinking about you thinking about Daenerys. I think he's thinking about the Daenerys. Okay, or, that could be the case. Or um, um, what's his name? Or uh, Cersei, either Cersei or Daenerys. I think it's. it's I think he's thinking about either of those two. Okay, I think it's Cersei. Cersei. I think it's the person whose name starts with an S. So like I said before, yeah. forgive me for messing up the name, but yeah, he said That's that fine. Cersei and Gendry are, are are going to end up ruling together, and that Gendry is Cersei's. Son, long lost son, huh. and that all of that will be revealed in episode eight. Wow! You know what though? I think I think he may mean the nurse because it's assumed that Cersei Lannister is dead underneath the rubble. It's assumed that. Uh, ah, okay. And remember, and well, you, well, you haven't seen this, but earlier in the in the in this in this season. The uh, mm-hmm. nurse threw Gendry a bone and made him lord of. Uh, of um of of High Garden, I think out of High ah. Garden or no Storms End, Storm I think Storms End, Lord of Storms End. Okay. So and 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 Daenerys is blonde, platinum blonde. So mm-hmm. and she's older, she's old enough to be John's aunt for Christ's sake, right? So mm-hmm. that wasn't a block I fell, but but anyway, I'm, I'm watching the game. Sorry. That's uh, right. <laughs> but, but, but but the point is is, is that. Um, Interesting. I mean, it could it could lend some credence to 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 Daenerys naming Gendry as the Lord of Storm's End, even though mm. he is a he is, he's a Baratheon by blood. He's one of Robert Baratheon's many bastard children, because um, he slept around like, uh, like a champ. Um, but <laughs> it, it'll be it, it's interesting. I think Gendry. Gendry, to his point, will have a say in the end because he is a Baratheon, and maybe that's why Daenerys named him Lord of 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 of, of Storm's End, so that he wouldn't try to lay claim to the Iron Throne, even though he doesn't want the Iron Throne. Um, mm-hmm. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting. I know in the end Daenerys won't sit on it. I know. I'm okay. pretty sure of that. I'm pretty sure of that. It'd be too easy. So I, I, I don't I, I don't know, but I'll be watching this Sunday. I know you have some stuff to talk next week and the blogosphere is gonna be hype. It's gonna be live. Yeah, but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be great. But anyway, we'll see you next week, man. But I'll let you go. I'll let you enjoy the rest of this uh, game one, which is very entertaining between Toronto and Milwaukee. So you take a light, my man. Thanks, brother. Thanks for driving me through that explanation that I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, it was the best of us, bro. Yeah, it was the best of us. All right. That's my guy, Dwayne. Please, Dwayne Ash, please check him out on Space, um, on Sleeze Radio every Tuesday night on Facebook Live. <laughs>
Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for indulging us on all things Game of Thrones at the end. But this is Scott Brooks, the Clown Hour, signing off. Oh six, good night. <laughs>